This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the my lighting up. Oi! From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi! This Oi! is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help. My friends. 77 WABC. Oh, wow. A cultured Andrew Giuliani has entered the studio in oh, his... Good memories, Curtis. Good memories of last night. Sorry, go ahead. Your tutu skirt... Your uh, little ballet slippers, your unitar jumpsuit on. Oh, did you do any uh, flying uh, jump splits uh, on the stage there? At yes, I'm in. I'm in the shape to be doing flying jump splits. If uh, if you look at me right now. Yesterday, <laughs> we left the airwaves, substituting for Sid. We'll be back on after January first. We left, and you were like, oh, for toots. You were like, oh, my God, I'm going to the ballet tonight. The Nutcracker Suite. And I kept saying, yeah, that's what happens to guys when they get married. They're in a Nutcracker. <laughs> and your wife, who came with your lovely daughter to pick you up, basically, if looks could kill, I would have been dead. She changed her plans just to come find you, Sliwa. That's what it was. She wasn't planning on coming in. She heard you cracking my nuts on air, and she was like, I better find this Sliwa guy before our plans get overturned tonight, you know? And I said to her, I said, what does it feel like to make your husband so unmanly (laughs) by forcing him to go to the ballet at Lincoln Center? You see, I would argue I'm so secure in my masculinity, Sliwa, that I had no problem going to the ballet, where you, in order to feel good in your masculinity, must bowl. I know, but why did you have to continue to wear the tutu skirt into the studio here this morning? I mean, (laughs) I do realize... It was a MAGA tutu skirt. Does that make it any better? A MAGA tutu skirt? It was accepted on the Upper West Side. That's right. There wasn't a (laughs) Trumper in that house. I you can't. are the only one. I mean, that when you go to ballet, that is about the most liberal, progressive audience that you can come across. Yeah, my wife and I, we like to point out who we think might be raging leftists in crowds. And uh, I can't say that I pointed out too many MAGA people in the crowd. I will say that. Were there any Hamas people there? <laughs> you know, There were no protests that interrupted any of the, uh, nobody, any of the jumps. Nobody jumped like up that. there and said, free Palestine, free the, Palestine. None of that? No no movements like that. Yesterday. Okay, so now that you've been to the Nutcracker Suite, uh, <laughs> will you be going to Swan Lake soon? Will you be going to Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty? Oh, God. I think my principle on ballets is once a decade. You know, I went last decade with my wife, as I said, at the President's Suite down at uh, the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. I've taken care of my obligation, my husbandly ob- obligation, this decade, yesterday. And, you know, we'll talk in 2030 here. My wife and I will talk about a ballet in 2030. You have proven to be a Maytag. Whatever your <laughs> wife wants, Andrew Giuliani does. I mean, to me, that is probably one of the most humiliating things that a wife could ask a husband to do. To accompany her 
to the ballet. But, and then somehow act like you were interested in what was going on on the stage. Well, I got to tell you, I really appreciated the athleticism in there. Because when you look at what these ballerinas end up doing, I mean, they are on the tips of their tippy toes. And they're making these athletic movements. Curtis, there's no way that anybody we know, and we know some good athletes. I know some professional athletes could do something like that. It actually is impressive when you end up looking at that. Now, they're up on their tippy-toes. Tippy-tippy-toes, too. But you don't think that's actually their toes that they're totally standing on, right? I mean, it's the very tips of their toes. What do I, what do I think they're standing on? Oh, I on? think what, what there's some kind of crutch in those slippers. Conspiracy? I, I think it's the same oh, way really? that DeSantis is wearing lifts in his <laughs> shoes like Tom Cruise, you know, to give him like a half inch or an inch. I think they have lifts in this wow. slippers. So we have a nutcracker conspiracy courtesy of Curtis Lewa. Oh, I don't believe it's a complete slipper. I got to believe that there's some kind of wedge in there that enables them to walk around on what appears to be their very toes, as opposed to how you would normally be walking around when they do the rest of their performance, which I'm sure you're very adept at giving us choreography now, (laughs) having learned quite a bit last night. You just can't accept that these ballerinas that are 100 pounds soaking wet that have, uh, you know, a quarter of the muscle mass that you, Curtis, are far better athletes. You can't accept that. What about the ballet boys? Let's forget the ballerinas for a second. (laughs) What about the ballet boys, right, with their ballet leotards trying to do their Mikhail Barishnikov, Rudolf Nureyev invitations? By the way, again, I took a shot at your father saying, oh, Rodolfo, named after Rudolf uh, Valentino, not... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, another Rudolph, Rudolph Nureyev. Maybe you'll become a ballet dancer there, Rudy. Oh, he <laughs> took exception to that. That's right. He's going to come back at you on that. But I got to tell you, Curtis, there was a scene there yesterday, right in the very beginning, that reminded me of you. What? Yes, reminded me of you. And I actually thought maybe had you gone to the Nutcracker, your fates might have turned out differently. Actually, I have many times before, although it wasn't a ballet. It's called marriage. Uh, Fair enough. Fair yes, enough. Yes, yes, yes. So but you had a good time last night with your wife. And- I had a good time with my wife. Look, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't like my favorite thing to do, but I did enjoy having her happy there. It was a nice way to celebrate our Christmas together as a couple, and so I did enjoy my time. Oh, so yes. it was a real game changer for you, right? <laughs> I wouldn't call it a game changer. I just that, call that, it a hey, nice look, Christmas date. Look, but... it just shows you've been exposed to culture. Yes. You can say that you're a very diverse man now. You have a diversity of likes and dislikes. <laughs> and ballet is one of those likes. Come on now. Well, I Come won't, on, Fetso. I, I won't be enjoying the uh, equity part of that diversity there. But I look, you know what? It is nice to have a little diversity of interest. I can't say that uh, that a ballet is an interest of mine, but I, I had no problem well, going with my wife. And next decade, we'll talk about it again. Maybe we'll go again next if decade. Given the know. choice yes. of the return into the huddle of the celebrity Al Flacco for the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. that is his name, right? Flacco yes. Flacco, right? Yes. Now, who's more famous now, the Owl or the quarterback? who played originally for the Ravens, then the Jets, seems to have played for everybody, and now the Cleveland Browns. So given the opportunity of going to see the Browns versus the Jets 
and your wife suddenly saying, oh, you took so well to the ballet the other night. Guess what? We've been invited back to Swan Lake. Uh, I mean, it's got to be the Browns and the Jets, and I'm, and I'm a Giant fan. <laughs> hey, I'm going to the Giant game on Sunday. We'll put oh, it this wow, way. Oh, so. wow, that's going to be a big – you could sit on the bench with uh, Tommy Cutlets there. <laughs> He's benched. I know. I know he is. I know he is. But, but Curtis, don't you want to know what reminded me of you in the Nutcracker? And oh, thought- yeah, I forgot the male, the male ballet dancer. Which one reminded you of me? Because I certainly wasn't a ballerina. And i got to tell you, if there's any advice that I could give to John Katsimatidis, it's do not let Curtis Sliwa – in to see the Nutcracker because then he may just get the knowledge he needs to finally break out of WABC and to actually, actually maybe be employed by City Hall. You know and, what it is? Well, what's that? Okay. So the third scene, we get there in the Nutcracker. The girl falls asleep, right? The plot of it oh, is Oh, this the girl. is like Sleeping Beauty. I don't know if it's like Sleeping Beauty. I forget the plot. Well, of you'll Sleeping have to Beauty, go to that ballet too to learn that one. <laughs> we'll put that on the list. That'll be a twenty forty. Swan Lake will be the twenty thirties. Oh, one a Sleeping year. Beauty. One a year. One a decade. Oh, okay. One a decade. Oh, one a decade. One a decade. Right. I'm one. It's like my fishing. I like. I'm not a big fisher guy. And I went fishing a couple of years ago. It was like twenty twenty one. And it was like uh, it was like the best fishing experience anybody could ever had. We were some of the top fishermen in the world. And I was like, eh, you know, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done. Yeah, exactly. Boring. Boring. So that's kind of how I feel about the ballet. Once a decade. Right, maybe, so here we maybe are. Maybe twice Third a scene. Third scene of the Nutcracker. And this is of the Nutcracker. Yes. So I'm going to have to run through the old Mikhail Baryshnikov, Rudolf yes. Nureyev videos to see exactly which part you're talking okay, about. Okay, so the girl find, the the setting is it's Christmas Eve. The kids are all excited about their presents. And... The girl finally goes to sleep. The main character, who's the little girl, finally goes to sleep. And her dreams come to life. And one of the dreams, she falls asleep with a little nutcracker. That nutcracker grows into a a large being, basically, that is now acting out her dreams. What happens in the very first scene as she ends up falling asleep? The nutcracker gets in a fight with a bunch of rats. A bunch of rats. I mean, they were mice, but they were massive. They were human being rats right there. Oh, well, there. then, if Eric Adams were in the audience, he would have run out the door because he's terrified of rats and mice. And I thought if Curtis Sliwa would have seen this scene because yeah. the Nutcracker, and uh, spoiler alert over here, the Nutcracker ends up killing the Queen Mouse or the, the, the King Mouse, whatever the heck it was, the leader of the mouse pack, then maybe Curtis Sliwa would have had the knowledge enough to be the rat czar that you so desired Absolutely. to be. Absolutely. No, no, no. Now, that's enticing. Yes. Yeah. You see? That is enticing. So you're saying the third scene. Third scene. Of the Nutcracker. You don't even have to sit to intermission. You can leave before intermission, but you will understand and get the knowledge you need in order to fight the city By the way, let me ask you a question. Yes. What do they serve at intermission? You know, is it like a movie where they sell the juju beats, the good and plenty, plenty good the overpriced popcorn, yeah, the overpriced, overpriced. Uh, drink. Well, no. what do they serve at, at a ballet in intermission? Well, they have booze. They have beer. They have wine. They have uh, Prosecco. I had a beer uh, uh, before and then at intermission. My wife had a little Prosecco. Uh, and then we got some nuts. But they had just had like uh, little candy. Of course you would nuts. have nuts. You That's just nuts. had Come your nuts crack. It's a nutcracker right there. But it's, let me ask you a question. Good. You mentioned beer. You're a beer drinker. I'm not. And mm-hmm. I like beer. But apparently, uh, beer drinking is down across the United States, 5%, and it's continuing to drop. What do you equate that to? I can't believe that's just Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light. 
But it just seems, even though I see a lot of people drinking beer, that there's less consumption now. Yeah, I think it's a couple things. First off, I think that did end up having, uh, that's worth a couple of percent if you think about it, because Bud Light was the number one selling beer in the country, and they were down, I think, 20 25%. So that's definitely going to take some off of that. But I do think that people that are my age, as you like to call us, the hipsters and millennials, we're not looking to maybe crack a beer as much as we are, I don't know, maybe some kind of like a mixed drink or something like that, you know? I think that that's probably what it, what well, it is. Well, you were at Lincoln Center yes. last night. Do you realize you were just a few hundred feet from one of the most famous international geopolitical incidences that have ever taken place in the city of New York. I believe I know where you're going with this. Where your father, an opera aficionado, you know, you mentioned an opera to him. Oh, Pagliacci! He can tell you word for word, you know, what the words are, the plot. Enough, Rudy. I don't want to hear about opera. It's bad enough I have to hear about the ballet from your son, Andrew. But your, your father really... Is like obsessed with opera. Oh, he loves his opera. He's loved it ever since he was a little kid. It's been his thing. And that's actually the thing that my sister and he do together because I never got into opera. Just like, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not an opera bad guy. enough you're I, into ballet. <laughs> I would call myself into ballet. But, uh, but yes, I, I would say that uh, he loves opera. And as you pointed out yesterday, aside from being at Yankee Stadium watching his beloved Yankees, it's probably his favorite thing. Oh, there's no doubt. He goes on and on. He's sight, you know, all of a sudden. Um, I remember watching World Series games with Placido Domingo. Yeah. We were watching it with Placido. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. There's no doubt. Your, your, your father was a real devotee. But there was that moment in time where he was at one of his many opera settings. That was it. It wasn't a much better when we had a mayor who actually went to an opera and then went back to Gracie Mansion to do his work at night. <laughs> Instead of this mayor, who was out there to the break of dawn, whether at Club Zero or Bond downtown, where whatever goes, hey, nobody knows, or up to Con Sofrito in the Bronx. How <laughs> oh, much better? No, no. Oh, yeah, the mayor's uh, there in Lincoln Center. He's uh, there with uh, Placido Domingo. He's watching an opera. And after that, he's going back to Gracie Mansion to attend to the duties of being the mayor. But anyway, there was that moment. There was Yasser Arafat sitting there with the shmata on his head and the gun on his side. He always was carrying that pistol. And he uh, had come with the uh, the march of the despots, the tyrants, and dictators. Every September, our entire city is tied up in knots because we got to take care of all these crooks from around the world who come into the General Assembly. And Arafat had spoken, and he withdrew his pistol from his holster, held it in the air. Free Palestine! Free Palestine! Boy, where did we hear that uh, before? (laughs) And your father is sitting there, and he orders uh, one of the uh, assistants to the mayor, I forget his Jewish liaison, go over there to Arafat and tell him to get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. I don't want him here. And all of a sudden, yes, Arafat took great umbrage. He is surrounded by U.N. security officials, you know, big markers. You can't do it. you got to tell the mayor he can't do this. This is going to create an international incident. It may spark off a new war between the PLO and the Israelis. And your father said, I don't care. Get the hell out of my city. That's Get what he said. Get the hell out of my city. Yep. And it's just like the other time. In the aftermath of 9-11, when everybody felt our pain, you know, America was a victim and everybody, even our enemies, felt our pain. 
one of the many of the 3,000 fake, phony, and fraudulent princes with the fake mustaches and beards <laughs> yeah. you know, with the schmatas on their head from Saudi Arabia. Came with a check, I believe, for $10 million. Mm-hmm. I believe it was $10 million. Yep, that's right. Wanted to present it to the mayor. So obviously we needed all the money we could get at that time. Uh, our downtown area, that whole area was devastated. And obviously we knew we'd have to be caring for people uh, who... Uh, whose families were either left uh, to themselves with the death of their loved ones or uh, other people who would be seriously maimed and sick and ill. We never knew how long that would continue. And so the prince is ready to give the $10 million check, but there's a caveat. Mm-hmm. You must uh, renounce uh, Israel for being in the West Bank, yeah. the Palestinian uh, land. I think maybe this one might have been that they needed to acknowledge America's, the prince wanted to acknowledge America's uh, part in the terrorist attack, that America is responsible for this terrorist attack. And my father, in no no, uh, uh, no mincing of words over here, told him to go F himself, uh, tore the check up and called up all the city's billionaires. Probably John Katzmatidis got a call that day, uh, and they raised something like $200 million dollars. Uh, once he tore that check Yeah, well, he basically told the prince to stick it where the sun don't shine yeah. underneath your shmata, although all these Saudis, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at these Saudis. They're over there, so-called protectors of Mecca and Medina. You know, and they wear the, the uniform, the garb of, um, uh, what, what, what we call it, we grew up with it. This is uh, before your time. And when all of a sudden, uh, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. you know, the, we call it the Lawrence of Arabian look. Then you see them when they're here with these knockoff Armani suits mm. in every gin mill in every hotel chasing hookers. Yeah. Living a decadent life, doing cocaine, drinking. So while they're here, they could be decadent and debaucherous. There yeah. are like 3,000 of them from the House of Fraud. All of them haven't worked a day in their life. They live off the, uh, uh, the oil money. And then when they come here, it's completely different. Yeah. And and the domestic violence that ends up happening here, and they claim diplomatic immunity, so the city can't do anything about it. That's when that's when my father tried to figure out, hey, what can we do about part? What can we do to actually keep these people accountable while they are here in New York? They can't ultimately put their diplomatic immunity out in front and say, you know what, we're going to commit whatever crimes we want because of said diplomatic right. immunity. Diego, pay attention, Matt Meany, our uh, program director, pay attention. Yes, okay, uh, Andrew E. Andrew, I say I was going to call you Evil Ice Cuomo. We got to change that first name. Maybe it's something with Nutcracker could be in my nickname. What exactly. do you think about Andrew that? Andrew Giuliani, before you exit stage right, yes. I want you to do a plie, a curtsy, and just bow to Diego and bow I, to Matt Meany. I bow or curtsy to no man. I bow or curtsy to no man. Oh, yeah, my God. Well, remember... In that kind of a crowd, there are a lot of people who may look like a man but don't necessarily <laughs> identify as men, and you better respect that, Andrew. That's fair enough. Because that's your new culture. That's I'm new. I've, I've been accepted into that world. The culture Have of I? ballet. Oh, my goodness. I'm in the ballet culture now. Oof. Up next, we're going to talk about the asbestos pipe explosion, because believe it or not, I wasn't too far away yesterday when it occurred. Because it was right here near WABC.
If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. C-77-W-A-B-C. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Diego plays his song, not realizing this is not the Who from England. This is the Guess Who from Canada, from Win- from Winnipeg. He has no idea. You know, he just says, oh, it sounds good. You're right. It's a nice, uh, it was a nice song then. It's a nice song now. It has no relevance to what we're talking about, but it's a nice song. <laughs> I like it. It's good. Gets me we're, going. Talk- we're talking about freaking asbestos. Almost as nice as the Nutcracker, you know? Almost. Almost. All right, so we have gone through a little musical history there to the incident that occurred right where we broadcast. It was yesterday. Nancy was on her way to join me here. She'll be with me again today, 12 to 1, the Rip and Read. And she said, you better come down here. Uh, They've started to close off all the streets in and around the studio. And so I ran down there with Nancy. We did a quick video. You can see it on my social networking. It should be on my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram. And the cops had already cordoned off. You have a police precinct just two blocks away, cordoned off the whole area. And they put up a cardboard sign in typical uh, New York style, like the uh, illegal aliens do now when they're begging. You know, they take a, a brown cardboard box and they get a Sharpie and they write something on it. It says, street closed. I go up to the cops and say, why is the street closed? He goes, I don't know. They just told me to make this sign and stand here. I said, oh, okay, I guess, you know, something big must have happened. And so down by 2nd Avenue and 53rd Street on the east side, apparently uh, the steam pipes, which provide all the heat in this part of Manhattan, uh, so much of Manhattan's heat is provided by these steam pipes, which have been underground 
for mo- most of uh, more than a century, went palooey, and the plume went up, and everybody went ducking for cover, and then naturally Con Ed shows up, uh, officers of emergency management, and instead of clearing everyone out, because that's the time if anybody had inhaled asbestos, those fine fibers, depending on what kind of asbestos, that's when there might have been some damage to your lungs. Now, all of a sudden, you walk out into the streets. It's surreal. It's apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. You got many women in hazmat suits with visors, respirators. They're going up and down the block. They're cleaning it. They're cleaning everything because especially any of the fibers that may have landed on buildings or cars. So naturally, me, I'm walking around like I own the joint. Everybody else is in a hazmat suit. Nobody's telling me, danger, danger. And I go up, and half the crew can't speak English. So I know damn well where they recruited these guys from, the Roosevelt Hotel, which is about uh, like eight blocks south of us in Grand Central. These guys can't even speak English. Get some of those work permits Kathy Hochul's been talking about, huh? Exactly, and they're just wiping everything down. Now, the mayor I heard from Noam Layden. Can we get Noam Layden here, please? Uh, I I don't want to overstate this. But the mayor has said that if you happen to be in this area, you're going to love this, Andrew. You need to stay indoors and wear masks. Stay indoors and wear masks. Stay indoors indoors and wear masks. And wear masks. Okay. Am I right in terms of those instructions, uh, news director, Noam Layden? You, You left out close your windows. Close your windows. Right. So now, the damage is already done. You realize that. This guy knows nothing about asbestos. Uh, Obviously, it's not something that typically happens in our area. If you happen to be from Manville in New Jersey, where they made more asbestos than anywhere in the world, and people have suffered from that, you know, from inhalation, what do they call that? Mesothelioma. We actually run the ad sometimes. It's a killer. It creates lung cancer, and you're gone quick. But the damage is already done. If any damage was done, meaning in terms of inhalation of any of the asbestos fibers. So did you, Noam Layden, did you adhere to the warnings of the mayor to, A, wear a mask, stay indoors, and shut the windows here at WABC? I did. I was wearing uh, three masks, and I stayed indoors. I did not leave. But you, Andrew. You should have worn five there, Noam. I think that's the only thing. I think you underrated just how... Uh, sealed these windows are, you know, in our studio, which, uh, you know, not like we have the windows open while we're broadcasting. Andrew, but you, here. as you <laughs> defied the orders yes. to be vaccinated. I am defiant in general. You had no mask on this morning. You only came in here with your ballerino tutu. Curtis, uh, I, I wanted you to see my beautiful face this morning. I, I wanted understand. to put a smile on you. But let me be the first to say, Noam Layden, a complete overreaction. A complete overreaction. We have blocks and blocks that are now closed to traffic, which is going to be a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. And what is the rationale? The explosion occurred. They've obviously, there's no more danger of explosions. And it's a, it's a steam pipe explosion. Is that what happened? What, what yeah, ended up happening? there's steam pipes all underneath us because right. that's how these buildings stay warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not by electric heat, thank God. It yeah. is not by uh, coal-burning uh, heat. Yeah, we uh, talked thing. about the dangers of the electric heat stuff right. just the other day. It's all steam, and it's been that way for over a century. All these pipes underneath us are wrapped in asbestos. That's the way they were originally laid in there. At any point, they could go palooey. But I think what people have to know is my father, 
merchant seaman for 54 years, was an expert on asbestos because on the ship, everything was covered with asbestos. Really? Every, because you have a fire on the ship. Hey, guess what? Yeah. Good luck trying to put that out in the middle of the ocean in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. So asbestos was so important uh, for so many generations at fire abatement. You know, a fire would take place. And if a thing uh, had been coated in asbestos, pipes, walls, all that, it would stifle the fire, without which the place would go up in flames. Mm. The problem is what kind of asbestos? Now, when you have conversations about asbestos with people, you get people like Governor, former Governor Pataki who freaked out a little bit. Remember when they were sending asbestos around in envelopes? Mm-hmm. And he t- took Cipro in advance as a prophylactic, assuming, oh, my God, I may inhale this into my lungs. Not all asbestos is bad. Okay, I know this. This is oh, I'm no. learning, learning when, today. Uh, have you? Oh, this will be the next thing your wife forces you to do, Mister Maytag. <laughs> when you have your little dacha in the countryside and it's planting season, and you're down on all fours and you're planting the bulbs. I'm not exactly an arborist here, Curtis. Yeah, no, no, I, I can easily you know. see this. The wife's got the the <laughs> ring right to your nose. You're down on all fours, and you're digging the soil with your hands. Right. You know there's natural asbestos in all of our soil. I didn't know this. No. Most people don't know. So I you, know. They, they, they developed us that if you hear asbestos, ah, it's like yeah. Godzilla's coming. Ah. I've lived on an island of bedrock my whole life. Exactly. So this is stuff I'm just learning for with the first time. Probably more asbestos on this island than anywhere else yeah. because of all these buildings. So let me give you a quick thumbnail sketch I am Mr. Asbestos. I know because when I went to PS 114 in Canarsie in the 60s, we used to go into the basement and they had all the pipes and it was wrapped in asbestos. And we would swing from pipe to pipe on the asbestos that was hanging like we were, uh, like we were uh, Tarzan, right? We would come out, we would have asbestos all on our hands, our face. We'd have our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We didn't wash our hands. We were ingesting asbestos. No, I think this explains a whole lot about Curtis Lewa <laughs> yeah, in general, yes. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But exactly. uh, see, you're not Makes even sense. aware of this, Mr. Cognoscente, who claims, uh, you know, he knows everything, that when you do gardening, as I'm sure Mrs. Layden forces you to do with the ring through your nose, that there's natural asbestos in the dirt. When you're digging up the dirt, are you aware of that? No. I actually was aware of that, yeah. Oh, see? See, so when we come back, I'm going to tell you the variables and why this lockdown on the Upper East Side is a complete waste of time. They're now doing asbestos, um, I guess you could call it asbestos abatement after the fact. Meantime, everybody was walking around like Diego yesterday going, what's going on here? I, I can't get my Big Mac, my fries, and my strawberry shake. Breathe in. Breathe in the fibers, Diego. You're here in America legally. Enjoy it as asbestos is dancing in the air. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. By the way, I hate the Beatles, Diego. But anyway, good choice. Because there's two different subjects we can talk about now. 
First, Andrew, I'm taking you to asbestos abatement school. Oh, I, I am a, abatement school. I'm a self-appointed expert. There are six forms of asbestos. I think I'd rather go back to the ballet, to be honest, than asbestos uh, abatement <laughs> well, school. Well, yeah, that's but, on the know, Upper West Side. Brother. Yeah, you'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> but the Upper East Side here is basically closed. Checkpoint Charlie, because of this uh, steam pipe that you all saw on the news exploding and the fear that asbestos was in the air. Most people don't know anything about asbestos except they're frightened by it. Mm-hmm. They, they know it can cause cancer. Yeah. Some of it can. The blue asbestos that you get in cement and tiles and insulation. Absolutely right. And then there are other gradations which uh, are not as impactful. And then some, like I told you about, natural asbestos in the dirt when you're planting. Mm-hmm. But believe it or not, your father uh, was involved in a situation involving me and asbestos. Really? That's why he's my Kumbada Cheech. <laughs> because of, wait a second, he's your Kumbada Cheech because of the situation involving asbestos with you. Well, he subjected you together. He subjected me to this. Okay, so he subjected you to it. That so is, at the point, I'm doing mornings at WABC, the old WABC, Angels in the Morning, and my wings got clipped. I got fired by this guy, a real jerk, John Manelli. They claim, oh, great program there. The guy sucked. So he fires me, right? And your dad had just been elected mayor. Right. Just been elected mayor. He calls me up. He said, Curtis, can you do me a favor? I said, what can I do, my kumbadi Cheech, Mr. <laughs> mayor? That was great to call him Mr. Mayor because it looked like I might have been thinking yeah. again. And you know how hard I had worked Absolutely. for him in both elections. In 89 and 93. Because I want you to do me a favor now that you're on the shelf. New York City owns a TV station and a radio station, WNYC. Two sticks. We got to get out of this business. It's costing us millions. I want you to do a show at WNYC in the afternoon about neighborhoods, New York City neighborhoods. There's no commercials there, so two hours is really like four hours here. I say I'd be more than happy. Except that is like national public radio. That is liberal progressive heaven. <laughs> there were demonstrations outside. No, you cannot put Curtis Lee upon us. Your dad withstood all the pressure. And so now it's time for me to move all my files. Because if anybody knows me over the years, I have these milk crates yes. with my files. I think everybody at WABC knows it well, all too well. That's the way I'm able to do 32 straight hours, you know, right out of my files. So I'm schlepping my files over to the municipal building, which is where WNYC was and is. Now the David Dinkins municipal building, right? Yes, Isn't that exactly. the day? Yeah, I pass it every single morning coming to work. So when it's I walk wonderful. in there with my milk crates. Celebrate his 2,000 murders a year. Sorry, go ahead. They tell me, oh, the elevator's not working. But I see other people entering the elevator. <laughs> The elevator was not working for me. So I had to schlep it up to the 19th floor, up the steps. I have a double hernia. <laughs> they wouldn't let you take the elevator? Nope. I walk in to where they're doing asbestos abatement on the whole 19th floor. They have the skull and crossbone on the tarpaulin. There are Polish workers there who recognize, you know, Schliever, Schliever. Danger, danger, danger. They got the hazmat suit on. No. I said, no problem. I cranked open a window. It's in the winter, the original winters when it was 40 degrees below zero. I said, don't worry about it. Everything is cool. I wasn't going to let them keep me from destroying WNIC, which I did. Not only that, it was so bad that guess who bought the TV stick? 
Fox News, right? Right. Yes. Rupert Murdoch. That's exactly right. I'm taking think- credit for having single-handedly destroyed WNYC that they decided we got to sell the TV stick and we got to sell the radio <laughs> stick. How long did you end up doing the radio, st- uh, radio stick? There? Seven months. Yeah. They had a board operator there for me each afternoon, like Diego, who actually turned his back on me. <laughs> he turned his back. <laughs> the staff walked out. They wouldn't have anything to do with me. But I knew enough how to do radio without him. And on my last day there, because I knew I was already coming back to WABC, my place to be, I brought in the surviving members of the Brooklyn Dodgers Symphony Band and made them play for two hours. <laughs> yeah, did you really? Off That's cue. Awesome. They couldn't carry a note. <laughs> there, there was insurrection. And your dad had the biggest smile on his face because I, Curtis Sliwa, single man wrecking crew, Forced them to sell that TV tower that was so valuable, and that's how you ended up with the Fox the News. Fox News. That's exactly right. Fox News. Remember, they got in a big war with Ted Turner, right? Yes. And they couldn't actually get on, uh, get on satellite how at the come, time. I think how come there's not a a little uh, sort of opening remark on every Fox News channel uh, program? Thank you, Curtis Sliwa, for having single-handedly destroyed WNYC, enabling Rupert Murdoch to purchase that tower, which led. To the biggest conservative news station in the world. Well, oh, how the mighty forget. Rudy Giuliani's not even on Fox News anymore, so they should have an OG. See, they should. And Rudy Giuliani. But you see, you learn these stories that obviously most people don't even know about. And then the best thing was you have to shield for Shimolis. It's not commercial radio, so once a month you have to, you know, go on and beg for money. This is no, no big deal, so I'm doing it, I'm doing it, and nobody's calling up. Nobody's making it. They're actually promising, we'll make a donation if you take Curtis Lewa <laughs> off, the off the air. off the air. Please, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cash out our savings account, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll cash in our municipal bonds, anything. Get them off the air. But the New York Times on a Friday would print the results of that week's fundraising. Yeah. And then it would go into Saturday's paper. Well, they added an extra zero next to me. So it made it appear that I had outraged a guy who was still there, Brian Lair. Yeah. And this guy, the cultural diva, Lenny Lope. Lair's the guy who used to do his meetings with de Blasio, right? He would do the, the interviews with de Blasio. Uh, that's, right? that's, that was uh, him. That, right. That, that's not Lenny Lope. He was the no, cultural that was, guy. That was Lair, though. Right, right? Lair, yeah, right. Yeah. So they went nuts. <laughs> and I said, I came on the end, I said, wait, I was taught as a kid. That the old gray lady in the New York Times never makes mistakes. <laughs> All the news that's fin to print. You see, I proved the New York Times that there were news. conservative listeners out there who appreciated the fact there were no commercials and made donations to keep me here. Meantime, they're screaming, no, they made donations to get you the hell off the air at WNYC, not my place to be. And it was all around asbestos. Curtis, you may be able to pass the hat around WABC and see if we can get people to take you off the air, too. I don't know. I'm just Wait saying. There's a possibility. Let's be specific. It's not a hat. It's a beret. A beret. Sorry. We'll pass the beret. Let's Correct. be very Let's that's exactly right. Up next, a salute to the Port Authority police who showed you how to take care of the Hamas uh, radicals. Unlike the NYPD who is still struggling. What can we do? What can't we do? What can we do? What can't we do here at WABC? Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Praise be to the Port Authority police who lead and every other police department follows dealing with these Hamas nutnicks. So yesterday, demonstration de jour. Again, I'm sure they'll have a demonstration somewhere in the city today. They live to demonstrate. They decided, Andrew, to do a car caravan like they had done at LAX before, and they did it again yesterday, blocking all traffic going into the airport so that they could uh, ruin people's lives who had to catch flights or you had to pick people up. So the whole point is to push their point. And they're going down the Van Wick, and they're now out of the territory, patrolled by the NYPD, thank God. And they're into the area of the airport, which is run by the Port Authority, the state agencies, mm-hmm. and patrolled by the Port Authority police. They block traffic. People were getting upset. It took the Port Authority all of 20 minutes, max a half hour. They removed 26. They arrested them. They put them on the Port Authority bus that goes from terminal to terminal. Mm-hmm. They removed all the vehicles. And in a half hour's time, traffic had returned to normal. Yep. Now, you ask yourself, the Port Authority, who uh, your friend in growing up, former deputy mayor for Rudy Giuliani, your father, Joe Loder, who ran for mayor in the Republican primary 2013 against John Katzmatidis, uh, when he was running against John, he called the Port Authority police mall cops. He really? Mall cops. <laughs> They showed you how to deal they, with these Hamas nutnicks. Well, they did it right yesterday. I mean, that's exactly how you'd have to deal with these pro-terrorist protesters. That's who they are. They're pro-terrorist protesters. We've been allowing them to have our streets here in New York City, go wherever the heck you want. And that's exactly how you deal with them. You deal with them fast. You arrest them. You get them off. Their... And by the way, I certainly hope that they're prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Make an example out of them uh, so that way you stop this stuff. That won't happen. I know. But I can, they all I can got wish. I can have a Christmas disappearance wish tickets. Uh, <laughs> remember, that's another DA here in the city, one who I know very well, who will not prosecute. They never do. None of them. Maybe not even in Queens, you'd think. I mean, you know, I, no. I, I know that uh, I, I know we don't like to uh, uh, mix church and state over here, but uh, no. I, I feel like it's, you know, no. it's not Alvin Bragg out there. No, no, no. They ain't uh, gonna, I know that DA very well. It ain't yeah. happening. It wouldn't happen in the Bronx. It wouldn't happen in Brooklyn. Might have it in Staten Island with that ambulance, Jason McMahon. But the fact is, uh, they were cut loose. They got their disappearance tickets. But they actually saw, because they did that at LAX again yesterday, the pro-Hamas nutniks. And there were many of the passengers who were waiting to go to LAX who got out of their cars, and they started rumbling with them. This is the second time at LAX they started rumbling with the demonstrators. Uh, but this is what you got to do. And people should have gotten out of their cars and should have confronted them and say, hey, you want that? Go over to the Middle East. Go ahead. Go there. Protest. What are you doing? Yeah, see how that works. See how the government's over but there ultimately accept your There's something to be learned here, the way the Port Authority handled this. Eddie Caban, the missing uh, in-action police commissioner. I know you like the guy. I like Eddie a lot. I've known have, have Eddie for you, a have, long time. I think have, he's completely uh, sadly you, neutered. Have you this. seen him? Uh, where has he been? I, I saw him at a funeral a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure. In the meantime, yes. at all these events that require a police commissioner to be there, hey, Eddie, where are you? But anyway, the point is, if I'm a New York cop, I'm going to come to my deputy inspector when I have to uh, shape up because it's another demonstration of Hamas nutniks. And say, how come we can't do what the Port Authority mm-hmm. did? 
How come we're restrained? How come we're restricted? How come we can't put our hands on them? How come we can't corral them? How come basically they run wild in the streets and we have to watch? And the answer is what we talked about yesterday, right? It's a consent decree, right? Is that, is that ultimately what it is that Eric Adams ended up signing in your estimation as somebody who, you know, ran for mayor in 2021? It's Eric Adams who always claimed, oh, I'm always looking after my cops. You know, I was a cop for 22 years. He was a house mouse. He signed this consent decree order because he didn't want to fight it in court. Mm -hmm. They gave money to the members of Black Lives Matter who are now big, large mansions, enabled them to buy even more big, large mansions. (laughs) That's true. And restricted the cops in terms of what they could do. They can't corral them in. They can't tell them you got to get on the sidewalk. You got to get off the street. Basically, all we want the NYPD do is chase. Chase the Hamas nutniks like you chase tornadoes. You know how they have those storm chases? It almost looks like an escort, basically. Like they're escorting them here, escorting them there, behind them on both sides. And uh... Yeah, so. I'd like to ask that question of the missing in action, Eddie Caban, police commissioner, wherever you are, and Eric Adams. How is it the Port Authority removed them in less than a half hour, and yet you can't even seem to let your cops do the minimal to stop them from taking over the city? Like yesterday, oh, they're going to interfere with the ball dropping, the ghost of 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 uh, New Year's past won't take place. I mean, imagine how weak we sounded yesterday. Yeah, it's consistent from de Blasio now to Adams. I mean, there's just uh, let him run wild. That's what this has become, run wild. And the PAPD led by example yesterday. Up next, the illegal alien invasion continues, but with a little wrinkle right here in your place to be, WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.